Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Ah, good morning. This is, what a, what a great turnout this morning. My name's John, if I haven't met you. I want you to know that uh, 10 days ago, I, I became that guy. That guy, that guy that I never wanted to become. That guy that promised myself I would not fall for that scam. My phone rang from Apple Computer. 1-800-MY-APPLE. Hi, is this, is this John? This is John, yeah. Your account has been compromised. Like, okay, so what do we need to do? We got to change your passwords. We got to do this. We got to do that. And I felt like I was hypnotized. Like everything in me was going, no, 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 no. And yet, John, I promise you, this is John, I promise you, John, I promise you. And I kept hearing this, John, I promise you. Okay, I'm a trusting guy, John, I promise you. And an hour later, uh, I had a doctor's appointment. I told my doctor, and he goes, dude, that's a total scam. You got totally scammed. So I call Apple, and I go, we never call you. The lesson here is we never call you. So how long ago was that call? I go, an hour. okay, they're an hour ahead of you, man. Call your bank. Call your credit cards. Call your... Now, I tell you that story. I don't need 10 of you to come up to me after church and say, hey, here's what you do. Don't do that. Don't I, I get it. I was that guy until I became that guy, right? When I use the word promise, when people make promises, what stirs in you? I promise you. Does that assure you? Do you get skeptical? When you think about business and certain people you do business with, and they make a promise, if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever had people uh, scam you in, in business, turn their back on you, betray you in business. The word promise might be a negative word. If you've been through relationships, you had a boyfriend promise you, you had a, a relationship they promised you, and then they didn't come through and fulfill their promise. You might be jaded this morning. And this morning we're talking about a God who keeps his promises. And so I'm very aware as we look at this topic that some of you uh, have been scammed. You've been cheated. You've been lied to. You've, you've had people break their promises. And this morning, I'm hoping that uh, you're going to hear God's word, and God's going to give you a heart that, that can see in a fresh way this morning that God keeps his promises. God is faithful. God is reliable. God is trustworthy. When we put our faith in God, we're trusting him, trusting that he will keep his promises. And so David prays this prayer in 2 Samuel 22. It says this, God's way is perfect, and all the Lord's promises prove true. David experienced God in a way that he said, every one of God's promises, they've proven true in my life. And this morning, 
I want to begin by reading for you out of Romans chapter 8. It says, For God has proved his love. He's proven his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And listen to this. Since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else. All of his promises. The cross is the proof that God will keep his promises. And we're in a series, if you're new with us this morning, we're in, we're in a series in 2 Peter. We're just looking at the first chapter. And here's what verse 5, we've just been in the first four verses the last couple of weeks. We're just looking at the first part of 2 Peter 1.5. Here's what it says. In view of all of this, in view of all of what? Verses 1 through 4. In view of all of this, in view of all what? In view of everything he said in verses 1 through 4. You want to go back and read that. And here's what it says. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Make every effort to respond to respond. What does it mean to respond? It means you have to do something. You have to make a decision. You have to choose. You have to, there's a gift. You have to receive it. There's a responsiveness of this life of faith. God has made promises to you and to me, and our job is to make every effort, according to 2 Peter, to respond to these promises. So in a real simple way this morning, I want to talk to you. I want to share with you what I think are three of God's best promises. You might have three of your favorite promises of God. I'm going to, I'm going to just share with you three of what I think are God's best promises that you can count on. Number one, in Jesus, God promises to give us light to walk through our darkness. The other night, Wednesday night, I got up. I was really thirsty. I looked at, I looked at my watch. It was like 2.30 in the morning. I was thirsty. I got up on my way to the kitchen to get a glass of water, and I know some of you are going to lecture me. Just put a glass of water on your nightstand. Okay, I get it, but I didn't do that. I got up. I went to the kitchen, and I kicked the bench at the end of our bed. In fact, my toe still has a scab on it. Oh, it's 2.30 in the morning. I don't know if anybody's done that. You're walking in the dark, and I kicked this bench. I didn't cuss. I was, I, 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 I just like, <laughs> took three more steps, and my shoulder hits this door closet. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And I thought to myself, what on earth? Light keeps us from hurting ourselves. If I had a light, if I turn the light on right, I'm not going to kick the bench. I'm not going to run into the closet door. Light keeps us from hurting ourselves. Here's what Jesus said. He spoke to the people and he said in John chapter 8, he said, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now listen to this next phrase. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You will have the light. Some of us are in a dark season right now, this morning. Some of you have been through some experiences that are very, very dark. 
As people, we tend to hide our dark secrets. Some of us are in a season of life that we would say, gosh, it's just dark. It might be around health issues, depression, addiction, anxiety, fear. Maybe you're living with someone. Maybe you have a roommate, a spouse, a child who is experiencing a dark season in their life. You know, most of us know, if you haven't been in a dark season or experienced darkness, you will. Most of us are either coming out of it, we're in it, or we're going to face it. I mean, that, it just kind of applies to all of us. And some of you, like me, you just got scammed. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have experienced domestic violence, neglect, forgotten, lonely, betrayed. Some of you just got caught in doing something you shouldn't be doing. You got found out. Your world is turned upside down. It's dark. You're beating yourself up. How could I have done that? Here's what I want you to listen to. Close your eyes for a moment. The promise of God for you today comes from the mouth of Jesus. I am the light. I am your light. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, that implies a decision that you need to make and I need to make. It's a choice. But if you follow me, Jesus said, you won't have to walk in darkness anymore because you will have the light that leads to life, a full, rich, meaningful, satisfying, life-giving life. That's the first promise. Peter reminds us, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So for some of us right here, that's, that's the sermon. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. For some of you, that your response is to that point. Are you willing today to move, to make a shift, to pivot, to go, I'm, ti- I'm, I'm just tired of the darkness. I'm tired of hurting myself. I'm tired of of, of being in this season, and, and today I'm going to make that shift. Maybe you've never trusted Christ, never followed Jesus. Some of you are like, man, I've been following, but I, I lost my way. I wandered away. I drifted far from God. Here's the promise of God. If you follow Jesus, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Here's the second promise. In Jesus God promises to meet your deepest, deepest, deepest needs. What are those needs? What are the deepest needs that we have as people? Love, belonging, identity, security, purpose. Jesus says, I can meet those needs. There was a woman who was thirsty. Jesus met her at a well. She was thirsty not just for water, she was thirsty for something more. Something was missing in her life. She was filling it with men, relationships, husbands, boyfriends. And Jesus said to her in John chapter 4, anyone who drinks this water, pointing to the well, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Those who drink the, what's he talking about? Those who drink the water I get will never be thirsty again. 
It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. What an amazing promise. Anyone who drinks this water, my question for you is what is this water? How would you fill in the blank? Anyone who drinks what? If I just have more money, if I just buy that house, if I just get a boyfriend, if I just get a million people to like me on Facebook or Instagram, if I just, what is it? Popularity, sex, money, recognition, adrenaline experiences, whatever it is I'm living for, chasing to fill the God-shaped hole in my heart. What are you chasing this morning? What are you looking for to meet that deep need for love, belonging, security, identity, purpose in your life? Listen to the promise of God for you today. Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again. And you know that's true. I know that's true. Whatever that this water is that you're filling, you might achieve it. You might have the experience. And then you wake up and you go, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more than this life that I'm living, that, that I'm trying to fill my life with. And Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. John Eldridge, some of you are big fans of him. I, I, I love him. His, well, I love him, but his writing, I, I love some of his books and some of his books I don't love. But here's a great quote. He wrote this, if a man, and I think a woman too, does not find his life in God, he will become a very thirsty man. And thirsty men have been known to do some very stupid things. Is that true? Let me read it again. If a man does not find his life in God, in Christ, he will become a very thirsty man. And thirsty men have been known to do some very stupid things. I think that quote is speaking to some people this morning. It's speaking to me. There are times I lose my way. There are times I'm thirsty and I'm not finding my life in God. I make stupid choices that I regret. I wake up and go, what am I doing? Anybody else live there? And that's real. In Jesus, God promises to meet our deepest needs. The water that he offers is a water that will be inside of you. He says, I'll quench that thirst forever. And then here's the third promise. In Jesus, God promises to cover you with love instead of condemn you for your failures. To cover you with love instead of condemn you for your failures. You know, the maybe most famous, popular passage in the Gospels is John 3, 16, and 17. We kind of stop at verse 16. We see it at football games and stuff. But listen to these words of, of 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, that's the choice, whoever believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save, to rescue the world through him. God did not send his son to condemn, but to rescue, to save, to love. 
In John chapter 5, Jesus said this, I tell you the truth. What does that mean? I tell you, I tell you the truth. I'm not lying. I'm making a promise that you can count on. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message, that's you, that's me right here, right now, and believe in God who sent me, that's the choice, have eternal life. They will never be condemned. Never be condemned for their sins because they have already passed from death to life. There's a line we cross from death to life, separated from God to in a relationship connected deeply to God. Jesus said in John 10, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying, abundant life. That's the life he promises if we will follow him. So let me stop. Peter says in verse 5, make every effort to respond to God's promises. I've just given you three. Light for your darkness. He will meet your deepest needs, whatever that thirst is. If we turn to him, he'll meet that God-shaped hole. He'll fill it with love and purpose and peace and all of those deep needs that we have. And then finally, he's going to cover you with love instead of condemn you. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in wondering, is God mad at me? How many of you have an unused gift card somewhere in your wallet, in your dresser, on your desk, in your card? An unused one. Raise your hand. Did you know $5.8 billion in gift cards go unclaimed each year? $5.8 billion in gift cards go unclaimed. Now you go, well, that's silly. That's kind of stupid, right? That's kind of, who would, who would? But that's us. They go unclaimed each year. They've already been paid for, but they go unused. I have, uh, thanks to uh, somebody out here in the audience, gave me a McConnell's gift card for my birthday. I still have it. I still have it. It's awesome. I carry it around with me. I look at it. Then I forget I have it. But that gift card promises that the ice cream has been paid for. It's mine to enjoy, but I have to access it. I have to respond to it. It doesn't do me any good just knowing it. I have to go to McConnell's and I have to cash in the card. God's promises are like an unused gift card. God's promises are like an unused gift card. Think about that. That you're not accessing. That I'm not tapping into. We have to respond. So let me invite you to bow your head, close your eyes for a moment on the beach. I want to just invite you not to, I know it gets distracting out here. We worry about who we came with or who we're sitting next to, but I just, I just know that there's somebody here who needs light for the darkness that you're in right now. And if that's you, just put your hand on your heart. That's you. That's you. Put your hand on your heart. I want to say a prayer for you. You have darkness in your life, then you want Christ to fill it with life. If that's you, just, just put your hand on your heart this morning. I think there's others here who are 
tired of chasing that life that continues to be unsatisfying. Like the woman at the well, you may have been through a series of boyfriends and hookups in the last week since school started. And you're going, there's got to be something more. It's just not working for me. It's not filling the hole in my heart. Some of you have made a lot of money, a lot of money. And you're going, is this it? I thought this was it. But your relationships feel bankrupt. Maybe your kids don't talk to you. You're going, there's got to be another way. And Jesus says, yeah, follow me. Follow me. Let me quench that thirst. Let me shine that light in your darkness. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart. You're chasing to fill that hole with something that Jesus said you got to fill it with God. you got to fill it with him. And what about that third category? I just, in a crowd this size, there is somebody here who's living in fear of God condemning you. Maybe your parents raised you in such a way that you've grown up just afraid of God. And today, Jesus says, I want to assure you that my love covers you. You will never, ever be condemned. If you listen to my message and then you follow it. Let's just put our hand on our heart. If any of those three areas are, are, are us today, Oh God, let me pray for each person this morning that, that this word, your word speaks to, it's truth. These are promises. I pray that you'd open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and most of all, our hearts to respond. Right here, right now, we're going to make every effort to respond to your promises. And it does take courage it does take a willingness to surrender, a willingness to yield, a willingness to, to say no to other things, other people, another path, to say yes to walking in your ways and following on your pathway, God. But we know that your pathway leads to life. And so right here, right now, for those that you're speaking to, would you seal, you see the hand on the heart right now, Lord. Make it real. Make this moment significant. Do something supernatural in each person's heart right here on the beach, that there'd be a commitment that's sealed. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.